What a fucking weekend, though. Jesus. And now we have to wait four weeks for the next one? Four weeks? <laughs> just thinking about it all day yesterday. I was like, what happened? What did I just witness? Man, this is going to be a lot. This is going to be a lot. <sighs> What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Formula America podcast with your host, Kurt and Dylan. And this is the post-Australian GP episode. And oh, my God. What a wild. So much to unpack. Don't know what we just saw. This was an amazing race. Before we start, though, I did write down some stats. Let me let me go. We'll do a little uh, Australian GP by the numbers, right? Okay. okay. So we had, we had three red flags, one Mercedes on fire, zero Ferraris in the points, <laughs> double points for McLaren. We had eight DNS, and we were this close to seeing Hulkenberg get his maiden podium. Oh, <laughs> there my was, gosh. This race had a little bit of everything. It, <laughs> it had was phenomenal. All of it. I was thinking we were going to have to do like a two-part series. Hey, here's the general overview, and then we'll record again and go by the numbers or something. Oh, we definitely could. Lap by lap was insanity. There's like 10 laps in the middle we could maybe skip over. Everything else has something going on. <laughs> Man. All right. Well, let's just dive right into this one since there's so much. Yes. All right, we're gonna we're we're gonna slow. I know we all want to get to the race. Got got to get through the practices. Stuff happened. Quality stuff happened. So we're gonna start in FP one. Everyone have to deal. So FP one was crazy by itself. In in just in <laughs> pr- terms of practices, it was entertaining and crazy. Everybody was off the track at some point. The gravel trap looked like a golf sandbox after everyone had gone through it. Um, like. Everyone's complaining. No one likes what's going on. It just looks like it's going to be a setup. We have two red flags in the first practice. Like, there's a little bit of craziness. Um, Max takes the top, clears everyone out by half a second, but we had some Red Bull updates. So they updated their rear wing, or their, I'm sorry, their front wing. They updated the end plates and then a couple tweaks in the inside of it, which uh, helped out a lot, it looks like. And then they did some rear body work some changes to the rear bodywork to help with cooling and their triple DRS. So, but they were the only ones of the top pack that brought serious updates. Mercedes brought a little bit of updates to like the, to the veins going under the car. That was all you could really see. Aston Martin and Ferrari, no updates whatsoever. So thought that was interesting. It's funny. It's like the teams that need it the most didn't. And the one that definitely doesn't need it was like, we're going to be even faster. Yeah. Good luck. Um, and then super interesting. So there was the first red pl- red flag was for GPS issues. The re- receiver, the transponder, whatever it was that like <laughs> says where all the cars are on track, shut down, turned off, stopped picking up where cars were, um, which actually created a ton of near misses because yeah. everybody was out on track. And then all of a sudden, none of the team engineers who are telling all the cars on track who's around them knew where anybody else was. And so they immediately, it wasn't really immediately, there's quite a few close calls through red flag to fix the GPS issue, but it just made for some interesting commentary talking about one, the old days when you didn't have GPS, <laughs> the drivers just had to be aware of who was around them. Um, and like the, you know, the reliance on that stuff to see who's coming around the corners. Yeah. It's almost like, you know, like a busy airport and air traffic control trying to prevent planes from colliding. Yeah. But it does make like, I guess some, uh, one of the, I think Julian Palmer said it, you know, in the older days without GPS, you expected not, 
you know, the baseline was that you didn't have GPS, so you had to be much more aware of what was going on. I guess when you're so used to having GPS, it creates a lot more havoc as mm-hmm. opposed to, you know, just never having it in the first place. But yeah. you, ma- I mean, they have huge mirrors nowadays. Can you imagine back in like the eighties when they had like the, <laughs> the classic, you know, little round <laughs> two inch mirror and you got to see a car coming at you from 190 like miles an hour. <laughs> no wonder the crashes were so much crazier then and then logan Sargent also gave us a red flag there towards the end fp2 it rained so everyone kind of rushed out and then rushed in and then rushed out and then you know it wasn't anything crazy except for some rain fp3 nick devries brought out a red flag for pieces of his car flying off and then this was fortuitous Perez towards the end of FP3 was, you know, didn't get out in the beginning because they're fixing his rear suspension. And then he was complaining about his brakes specifically into turn three, um, saying they're not working. Something's not right. He was complaining all about the braking and especially into turn three. So continuing on to quality qualification here, Q1 Perez uh, locks it up, beaches it straight into turn three. <laughs> and my prediction was Perez is going to do the sign special and beach the car. I was right. Nailed I was just it. wrong session, <laughs> but I saw Nailed that and I was it, like, though. Oh, <laughs> I couldn't believe that. Um, I was cracking up. Um, and I was interested to see like his, like he was obviously frustrated. He realized what had just happened. He's starting P20 in this race, but he was adamant that the car was messed up. Yeah. Um, and to take that a step further, they changed out a whole bunch of his brake parts. That's why he started in the pit lane uh, on race day. And so I saw one of my favorite memes from the weekend was Perez complaining about mechanical issues on his car. And it was that picture of Danny Ricardo in the first drive to survive. And he's like, my name is Daniel Ricardo and I'm a car mechanic. (laughs) (laughs) See that one. That's awesome. (laughs) The best one from the weekend. That's, that's about as good as it gets right there. That's awesome. And on, I noticed something that I wrote down during quality. They were talking about how Oscar Piastri is like the hometown hero for the race. And then they go to the fans and there was like sprinkles of McLaren people, McLaren fans in the, in the stands. And I was thinking back to when we went to Mexico, it was like 95% Red Bull fans yeah. in the, in if the you stands. Bad mouth and Checo if, in Mexico, you were going to get stabbed. Oh yeah. And if Checo was in McLaren, it would have been 95% McLaren. It's not like they're Red Bull fans. It's just interesting to see that like, some places have such massive and strong fan bases, but then you get somewhere like there and here too, you know, it's not going to be everybody wearing Williams gear in America. Um, but it, I just thought that was interesting to see. No, I totally agree. And they, I mean, they kept on saying he is the hometown hero that's on the track, but there was so much publicity going on with Danny. I saw yeah. tons of like skits that he was doing, uh, where he did one where he dressed up in a full, like creepy mustache, nerdy outfit. And it was a phone, <laughs> yeah. uh, like a AT and T reception desk guy, and they were telling him everything he had to say, and like that was <laughs> hilarious. I saw so much more from Danny than I did from Oscar, which makes sense. Yeah. You know, Danny doesn't have any requirements or places to be because he can just kind of screw around, and he's been every time they so show him but, on like the jumbotron, you would hear the fans start getting you know go crazy. Yeah, he's just got the personality for it. 
Well, he also came out this weekend and said, like, he's ready to come back. He wants to be back. Yeah. And I, I think Gunther Steiner put out a statement saying that pretty mm -hmm. much, you know, a lot of teams would be happy to have him. But, you know, we'll see what he chose, chooses to do. We'll probably have some yeah, news. But he said he summer. wanted to be back in a top competing team. That's true. That's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. I don't know. There, there's We'll unpack more yeah. as we go. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's quality. You know, really good quality. Sergio was kind of the big surprise in, in Q1. Um, but then, so Q1, the five guys that went out were Perez, Botas, Sargent, Zhou Yu, and Piastri. Piastri. I never say his name right. But um, So both Alfa Romeos not looking strong. Logan Sargent looking like a rookie. And Piastri just couldn't really hook it up in that McLaren that well. I mean, Lando yeah. was, I think, at P8 or P9 in Q1. He had it a good bit higher. Um, so, yeah, Q1. Uh, Q2, nothing too crazy. Um, five that went out were DeVries, K-Mag, Norris, Sonoda, and Ocon. So we got both Alpha Towers going out. One of the Haases, Lando, and Ocon. Um, so now both McLarens, both Alphas. Kind of your our typical, I think we kind of have our solid bottom three teams right now. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, I'm really surprised Alfa Romeo's down there. Um, I expected them to be doing a little bit better. Um, and then we get to Q3. Hulkenberg is in Q3 and competing. <laughs> and he's killing it. In like Q2, he was up there in like P5 for a little bit and came down yep. to like settle at P8. Like he got it on merit. And Albon too. Albon was purple sector in the second sector. Albon was like, fast this weekend. He was crushing it, you know, right up to the end. Um, a little too fast, maybe. <laughs> a, little, a little too fast. <laughs> But uh, that was huge. Hulk and Albon were in Q3. That was great for Williams, great for Haas. Um, you know, Max absolutely crushed it. Um, but we got, I mean, Gasly came in at nine. Hulk's in 10. Albon's at eight. Ferrari's not looking too good. Five and seven. Split by Lance Stroll. And then you got two Mercedes sitting in second and third. Yep. These guys all weekend, all season, talking about how slow they are, and surprise, surprise, in the P two, P three. You know, and you know it was crazy until Max set the final, you know, because everything was sitting like low one seventeens, high one sixteens, and then he blew it out of the water with a one sixteen seven. Yeah, um, but even you know he was like four tenths of a second, three tenths of a second ahead of second place. All the way down to P10 is less than a second. Yeah, it's wild. The entire front of the pack was less than a second apart. Um, a lot of cars were having to do two laps before their their hot lap because the track wasn't rubbering in that well. It's a newer surface, um, and the tires weren't getting up to temperature very easy. Um, and so that was really interesting just seeing how many guys were having to do double laps. You have to have more fuel in the car. Um, it, it just makes for coming up on interesting racing, which we got. Yeah, that we did. Plenty of it, too. So, race day. Oof. Got, I got through all the other stuff as fast as possible so we can get to race day. <laughs> Man. So, we've got Max Verstappen on pole with two Mercedes behind him that everyone's like, meh. Yeah, Sergio Perez in the pit lane. Um, it goes lights out, and Max gets taken over by both Mercedes. 
he yeah his start was not strong and once you saw russell take the inside there and and get in front of him you knew that we were going to be in for a good one yes um and then in turn three lewis took him you know it's like oh my gosh it was yep. not a great start from him but that seems to be a red bull thing sergio hasn't had a good start yet this year max's starts aren't ever like that good they're just generally kind of good enough because the car is that fast um but the red bull starts haven't been anything blistering all year and on the i was watching max in the post-race interview and he was talking about how he was like oh i was just being a little extra cautious you know there's no need because i knew i was faster and i was just gonna pass him later on it's just wild to to know that you have so much speed it's like let them go i'll catch up no worries. And you saw that when they did the replay of the overheads, he was really conservative on the braking going into mm-hmm. the turns. He just yeah. kind of let him have it. You're going to be really aggressive and take down the inside. He went kind of just conservative, braked early, you know, and let him go, which was, you know, he, you're not wrong. Like yep. you are going to get him on the straightaways as soon as DRS opens up. Yeah. Like, but now it was, it was like seeing that the Merc one, two is like, okay, now what's the strategy? How's that going to play in? Because it's two against one, which we always used to have before. Remember it'd be Hamilton, Bottas mm-hmm. and Max. Um, so that I think would be the only chance that another team, you know, Mercedes or whoever would have to, you know, fight with a red bull, but they're going to have to work together, which, you know, which can be weren't. difficult. They weren't, you know, Russell came over quick and was like, I'm under attack from my teammate. What's going on? Yeah, he 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 was like angry on the radio too. He was yeah. like, you know, I'm trying to manage my tires. I'm being attacked by my own teammate. What is going on? Um, and then they pulled a Ferrari. They pulled him in really early to pit, and I think that was solely because they didn't want to deal with. I don't think they weren't going to give team orders. They weren't going to, you know, instead of working as a team to hold off the Red Bull, keep both of y'all inside a DRS range so that y'all can fight. Like you pulled you pulled George in really early. Yeah. Well, they were all, he was, he said he was happy about it because that's when the, the yellow flag after Albon's crash. And then unfortunately for him, it immediately turned to a red flag, which is always a risk, you know, when you have a yellow flag. Um, but yeah, he said he was initially happy about it, but then luck was not on his side after that. No, it was not. He dropped down. So let's, let's, let's talk that through a little bit. So Russell's out in front. Okay. Um, look, we're, we completely glanced over if we're going chronological, Leclerc's in the, in the gravel, just bombs it on into turn three, beaches it, oh, and have a nice God. day. I saw that Ferrari reversing into the gravel. I was like, oh, Carlos, what are you doing? <laughs> and then, no, number 16. It was Charles. Out. Dude, Charles, Charles Leclerc is having a tough time. Even he cannot just be looking happy. at him. No, not at all. Like, looking at him all weekend, he's he seems different. He seems, like, deflated. And, you know, we'll get in at the end of the the thing here. But, you know, I think both Ferrari drivers after this are just completely just emotionally done and completely deflated. I just think of that gif, um, you know, the one where the it's Nick Cage driving with, uh, I don't know the other guy's name. He looks oh, yeah. over Pascal. Like, oh, with Pascal and he looks over all sour faced and you have Pascal <laughs> like that's Leclerc and Alonzo in the car together. <laughs> <laughs> Alonzo's living his best life while Charles Leclerc is just drowning over here. You cannot wipe the <laughs> smile off of Alonzo's face. Even driving around the track, I imagine him just smiling. Yeah. <laughs> Um, um yeah poor leclerc he's out um so then the, they pull out the yellow flag and perez does a pit stop he started on hard tires 
yellow flag that brought him in through mediums on. Yep. And then like two laps later, they brought him in again and through medium or hards back hard. on. Yeah. I totally missed the second pit stop. The commentators did too. They mentioned yeah. it. And it was like, what, what is, cause Perez was sitting down in P19 still done. He's done two pit stops. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. That, I guess cause you know, you have to use the two different compounds and I, I guess they didn't want to stay on those mediums. They're like, we'll see how long we can take this. I don't but yeah, know. Yeah, that was, that was so, crazy. So that was interesting. We pull in. So Albon goes into the wall. Just bombs it deep. Doesn't hit. Doesn't even worry about the brakes. Sails by everyone <laughs> through the gravel and into the wall. Like That sp- one, that almost became bad. When he yeah. backed off into the track and you got Hulkenberg and whoever else coming through, if they would have collided with him, that would have been massive massive there's gravel and smoke everywhere i don't know how hulk missed him like talk about driver reaction um that was pretty crazy that was a pretty bad wreck from albon um so now we have safety car we're on lap six russell comes in and pits throws on a hard set of tires comes out in p7 red flag Yep. yep signs also pitted yep and both got screwed yeah and that's you know, that's kind of the name of the game. Like that's the role of the dice you're going to take there. I still think Mercedes was crazy that early on with that much action, two cars out in seven laps. Yeah. I think they were crazy to bring anybody in. Yeah. Like, I, you know, more is coming. Yeah. I didn't see that. I, I was thinking that they're going to stay in. And once they brought them in for, for me, I was like, Oh, this is crazy. Yeah. I, but so everyone comes out on hard. We have our first restart. So I wrote down the top 11 because I thought it was interesting for our restart. So we have Hamilton in first, then Verstappen, Alonzo, and Stroll. Gasly's in fifth, Hulkenberg's in sixth, Russell's in seven, Yuki Tsunoda's in eight, Lando Norris, Piastri, and then Sainz in 11th. <laughs> like, it, you've got a ton of cars out of place here yeah. on a restart. Um, which is just kind of... Here we go. I'm standing up now, right? I, like, I love there's these no sitting. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is going to be great. There's going to be so much more havoc. So we do the restart. Checo gets a bad drop or a bad start as mm-hmm. per Red Bull style. Drops back like three paces, places. Gasly gets in front of Stroll and moves up to P4. Russell moves up to P5. And Hamilton's still in the lead. Yep. Max got a We're bad start again. Second. Yep. So, you know, something they talk about with these cars and they mentioned it, I've I've watched videos on it before. I think it's super interesting, but they mentioned it again here is that the clutch on those cars is just a spring loaded paddle. The clutch is electric. So it's not like when you and I drive a a manual where, you know, you can feel where the clutch is starting to grab. And mm-hmm. you can kind of play with how fast you're letting in and out of it. You know where that grab point is. Like it's a very tactile feeling. Theirs is just a paddle with a spring. And so they talk about it's it's purely a timing thing of giving it the right amount of gas and letting off of that paddle without getting too much wheel spin. And like uh. that is kind of a I imagine that can be kind of a pain not having really any feel of your yeah, clutch. Yeah, not getting that feedback. Yeah. So I don't know if maybe that Red Bull power unit's just got. I mean, all of these engines are crazy torquey. Like, yeah. 
Well, like and you like said, it doesn't matter. He'll catch them anyways. And yeah, we and saw that soon. Yes. So, and we saw that by lap twelve. Max yeah. just jogs on by Lewis. So that's the thing, right? So we talked about how now there's four DRS zones in this track, and you got to see how you know we talked about four DRS zones, two detection points. So once you get DRS, you've got basically double DRS, which yep. doesn't you know kind of defeats the purpose of DRS because you get ahead of them. And now go around another turn, you get it again, and the person behind doesn't, so you continue to pull away. And you got to see that because within, you know, when Max passed Lewis, you saw it coming. Nothing Lewis could do. As soon as Max got past him, by the end of the second DRS zone, he was like two seconds down the road. And so there was no chance for Lewis to come back and do anything. Um, Nothing. So I don't know. I I don't know if if you combat that by adding another detection point, but then you got the DRS chicken going on. or you know, I don't know. It, it was just, it was so powerful for that Red Bull that nobody else stood a chance. It was. They were kind of talking about that, especially the second round going over to uh, turns nine and 10, how strong that DRS was. That was where the vast majority of passing was happening. Um, and they were like, you know, is it unfair? There's been a lot of talk lately. I mean, because DRS didn't start till 2011 and it was supposed to be temporary. Mm hmm. Because of the way those cars were set up, it made passing in the corners really difficult. So they brought that on to make it more fun. And now it looks like it's sticking around. But then you have you know races like t- today where you have Max that just walks by. But then we get McLaren and Haas later on. And yeah. it's just awesome, you know, good racing. And the DRS is a big part of it. And so it's one of those things that seems unfair to the front of the pack. But the middle of the pack kind of needs it. Like, Yeah. So I don't know. Um, well, like like everything, people are gonna have different opinions on it. What's your opinion, Kurt? Ooh, I think I don't know. I like it. I like it. I like it. Uh, it's yeah. it's interesting, you know. For some of the cars, like you know, we were just talking about, it's kind of almost unfair seeming, but that's life, you know. Maybe try some like maybe do sprint races with no DRS and see what happens. That'd be interesting. Yeah, just experiment here and there. Formula America tip: Give us a call. Uh... <laughs> Stefano <laughs> looks like, you need um, some so lap 12 max is back out front lap 18. George Russell catches on fire, <laughs> which you normally, we always talk about how reliable Mercedes is, but you just see him like dropping back and then just <laughs> on fire. He's got a fireball coming out of the exhaust pipe. Like yeah. that engine is toasted. <laughs> and so what, what I was upset about with this is this happened right as Alonzo was catching Lewis. And yep. so we we're about to see these two world champions that had apparently all this beef leading up to the race because of comments that Alonzo made. And we were finally going to get to whoa. see him. I miss all the drama stuff. What what beef are we talking about? Back back up. All right. So basically, he had just made some comments to a reporter. Again, what he was saying before that uh, Lewis can only drive in a winning car and you know he's not good if the car is not doing well. And so there was a lot of, you know, the the press at least was hyping it up coming up to the race. So now we're Classic. finally going to get to see them go toe to toe and then the Mercedes catches on fire. So we yeah. were robbed of that at that moment. Thanks a lot, George. Come on, George. But George catches on fire. He misses like it's pretty clear by the time he's coming around the pit lane that your engine is gone. Like. <laughs> You can even hear it. They went and replayed it from like his point of view, and all of a sudden, you know, dropped a valve. Like you can, <laughs> she ain't running smooth anymore at ten thousand RPM, 
and he goes right on by the pit lane. I mean, he's um, just hoping it comes back. Yeah. <laughs> Trundles on down the straight and then pulls into the pit exit. Like, <laughs> thanks, George. Um, so we get a, was that a virtual safety car or a full safety car? Yeah. I think it was a VSC. It back. Um, and then we're off to the races. We got some, you know, we found out afterwards because Alonzo was pushing on Lewis right at that one second mark. Like Alonzo wasn't getting within DRS range, but he was sitting like 1.1, 1.3. Um, and after the, after the race, Alonzo even said, he was like, I was messing with Lewis. He was like, I was trying to push him. I was trying to get him to make a mistake. <laughs> he was like, you know, the, I was pushing that Aston. I couldn't get within one second. I was hoping to just, you know, that his, he was going to make the mistake and he drove. Yeah perfectly as lewis hamilton does like <laughs> yeah that was impressive to watch because like is he gonna oh he's gonna get drs no he doesn't and he's just yeah. toying with him they were touring with each other i think lewis was yeah. and then we got the classic i was so happy i even wrote it down lap 38 lewis hamilton comes over the radio and says yeah. my tires are dead they're not gonna last and yep. then he sets the <laughs> fastest lap <laughs> it was like old lewis is back again I wrote it down too, because that's when they started. Uh, Lewis and Max kind of started the fastest lap chicken at that point. Yes, it's like Lewis would set fastest, then Max, Max would set it, and yeah, you're right. Classic Lewis Hamilton. My tires are dead, and then he just goes and blows it out of the park. Fastest lap in in a very very slow car. Remember? Yeah, of course. This, the car's and, terrible. So the other, this is kind of like in that middle part of the race where there wasn't that much going on. No, but the highlight of this for me was. Uh, Sergio Perez, this guy, we talked, you talked about before and how like he's a master of street circuits. And I don't know how this guy fits these balls inside of this race suit (laughs) because he's sitting there in that turn nine chicane, which they're going in 200 miles an hour into this turn that they're only dropping down to like 160 in this turn. So if you have an accident or something goes wrong in this turn, it's going to be massive. And every lap, this guy is passing on the inside, on the inside. And then he's like, I'm bored with that, passing on the outside. And it was just like, it, it was so impressive to see. But even the commentators, like the Formula One drivers, the if you're watching on F1 TV, even they were like on the edge of their seat, like, oh, no, no, like waiting for something to happen because of how treacherous that, area, treacherous that area is. That was exciting for me. I think for me, that's why he won driver of the day, just because yeah. the cojones on this guy, it, it's absolutely incredible. And you can tell... We talked about before that maybe he didn't have that killer instinct. He might, he might be, he got some killer in him, I think. Because he, he got wants, some killer in him. He he knew he was close and he had to, or in the points. So he had to make up that deficit from starting in the back. And so he wasn't going to let anything, including his own personal safety, stand in his way of maximizing points yesterday. When he went to pass Ocon, he was on the inside under braking and then swung her on out to the outside. <laughs> Or no, I'm sorry, he was in the outside, swung it into the inside and put it down the inside of Ocon's car. And it was like, if Ocon's not looking in the mirrors, like, you're done right there. Yeah. He's just going to turn into you and it's game over, man. Like Just sending it and hoping for the best. Yeah, it, it was, uh, yeah, he was killing it. That was awesome to watch. I was really, I think he knew he had something to prove, though. Like, his last race, Max was way out of position in the back and worked his way all the way up. And I think that it was his opportunity to be like, I can do that too. Yep. And I think yeah. he needed to do it. If he finished P10, everybody would have a heyday with, uh, he's not the one like, yeah. So, 
Um, yeah, he did a great job. Um, we get down to lap 48, and Max locks it up and takes it off track. <laughs> I I think he was just like in his mind, maybe thinking about what he was going to eat for dinner that night yes. or something like that. And then just like, oh, crap, there's a turn. Yeah. He just totally biffed it. <laughs> like, but when they cut to him, I for, for I for sure thought there was something wrong with his car. I thought maybe his drive shaft issue or something because it looked like he was going so slow. I was like, "Oh no, Lewis!" And then I got excited because I was like, "Lewis on the on the top step." Yep. But no. Yeah. Max and then he only ended up off. losing two seconds. Yeah. Brought the car almost to a dead stop off track. <laughs> got back on track and only lost two seconds. He's still, still eight seconds clear of Lewis. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was silly. Um, but that was during the McLaren Haas fight with Lando and uh, Hulkenberg. That mm. was, or was it Hulk? Or I wrote Haas down. I should have wrote which Haas it was. But it was probably Hulk. I think it was Hulk. Which was great racing, good racecraft, and it really just highlighted how McLaren did not have any straight line speed. Yeah, they would he could get not to get him in the him. corners and could not pass him, even with DRS. Like, and then Sergio comes up, passes the group of them, and then both of them because are getting DRS and staying on Sergio's butt the whole yeah. time. Like, which Sergio doesn't care. They're not going to be able to get past that Red Bull, but you know, you just kind of drug out the fight because now Hulk's like, I got to stay within one second of Sergio so that I keep getting DRS to keep Lando off. Lando's <laughs> back there going, dude, come on. Like, <laughs> I wanted to, I tried to look it up. I couldn't find the individual lap times. Cause I wanted to see when, when Checo passed them, I wanted to see their lap times before and after to kind of see how powerful that DRS is because Sergio is going so fast, but now Hulk and, um, Norris are also being pulled basically by Checo for a couple yep. laps. I'd be willing to bet they lost or they probably took down, you know, a second and a half, two seconds per lap after that. Probably, which again, like, so the crazy thing is, is I also think that shows that the Red Bull is lightning fast, but I think that they get a ton of their speed from their DRS that without DRS or in just driving without it, how other cars are able to stay up and mimic lap times. I mean, we saw the Mercedes and the Red Bull, you know, trading fastest laps back and forth. And that's, you know, that has to deal with conserving tires and whatnot. But like in, in a vacuum, if you remove DRS, the Red Bull is great. It conserves tires very, very well, but it gets its ridiculous lightning speed from their DRS advantage. Without it, a McLaren and a Haas were basically staying up with Sergio for, for laps. Yeah. Like, I was reading, a, I read a stat and I haven't been able to fact check it, but it was saying that during quality that Mercedes was faster for 40% of the lap than Red Bull. Yeah. Which would be, you know, they were P1, P2 and P3, so I wouldn't doubt it. But that's just interesting that, you know, kind of goes to what you're saying. Yeah, and I mean, Mercedes brought upgrades to the car for this race, which is also interesting. They're talking about doing a big redevelopment, but they're still developing for this car. So I wonder how big of a change we're going to get from Mercedes. Yeah. You know, McLaren didn't bring any updates, but they're spending all of their pennies on building a brand new car. And also paying so, back Danny Ricardo. And paying Danny <laughs> Ricardo. So, um, and then we get to lap 54. Oh, here we go. Just when and you K-Mag, thought it was over. K-Mag just gets a little too wide, kisses the barrier, breaks his suspension, blows a tire, 
and the fun <laughs> is about to begin. K-Mag sent that wheel into outer space. <laughs> and it, it actually, I was looking today, part of the rim went over the fence and hit a fan, too. Did it really? <laughs> it like cut his arm. It was he's got pictures of him getting his arm looked at, thumbs up in the yeah, medical I bet tent. He was. <laughs> and he's holding up the piece of rim. Apparently, he's trying to get a, a meeting with K Mag now <laughs> to get it signed. <laughs> I guess like please, yeah, I'll take a scrap. You know, get some paddock passes at the next race. <laughs> yeah, he destroyed that tire. I mean, it's funny because I guess it shows the physics of how much force is going into it. But it looks like he just kissed the barrier, but yeah. blew the suspension apart. <laughs> the rim was destroyed. I mean, he said he didn't even know what happened. He said he didn't feel it <laughs> after the race. <laughs> and uh, but, we immediate safety car into a red flag. Yes. And now the excitement starts building because we get another restart. And you know it's going to be because at first when it happened, I was like, oh, now we're going to finish under a safety car. This yeah, is that's suck. what I thought too. And as soon as they threw that red flag, it's like, yes, here we go, boys. <laughs> that was the best thing about. Uh, watching it recorded because i was like and fast forward here we yep, go exactly <laughs> like, yeah. um so we're at the restart everyone's on softs we have three laps until the end absolute of the race shootout <laughs> absolute shootout and now everyone please forgive us as kurt and i try to unpack the shit show that <laughs> unfolded <laughs> So we get the restart. Signs hits Alonzo going into turn one and spins Alonzo to the outside. Ugh. Just hearts breaking. <laughs> Gasly locks it up and shoots out into the gravel pit and makes it through and rejoins the pack, which shakes everything out. Perez goes through the gravel pit. Sergeant and or Sergeant rear ends DeVries. <laughs> sending him way out. They're, they're both completely done. Um, both Astons are now at the bottom. Stroll goes <laughs> through the gravel trap, barely makes it out. So now you have, so let, let's, it was six cars that got taken out. Um, I'm trying to, I can't even work Within through. quick succession. Watching oh this, man, I'm it's like, all oh, within the no. first two race. So, oh yeah. So we have Yuki Sonoda out. As, oh, the, the, Freaking the Alpines. <laughs> they get around the straight. Gasly rejoins, doesn't know that Ocon is right there in his blind stop and puts both the Alpines into the wall yep. doing like 130 miles an hour. Just <laughs> totals them. Like, the, cam like oh. the camera didn't even know where to look. There's just mayhem everywhere. Technical director's like, camera three, camera six. No, <laughs> like, just chaos. It, it was yes. so much. So we have both Alpines go out. Yuki Sonoda goes out. Uh, I'm on. I'm sorry. I'm on qualifying still. Let me back up. Excuse me. So both Alpines go out. Nick DeVries and Logan Sargent go out. All because K-Mag went out. And Carlos Sainz gets the five-second penalty that he cries yes. about in the car. Live on TV. <laughs> we all watched. <laughs> we saw Carlos. We saw it. So... It's mayhem, red flag, and this is where the technical side kind of comes back in, and it's a redo of Silverstone's lap one last year. Because, so Max, even the race lead, didn't make it through the first sector. Mm -hmm. So how do we, un like, red flag comes out, what's the starting order? 
And the rules are that all cars have to make it through a sector. So even if Max had made it through the first sector, that didn't mean anything. All of the cars would have to make it through one of the sectors before the red flag for that to be the race order. So yep. since no one did, we go back. You have all that mayhem for five cars out of the race for no gain. We go right back <laughs> to the exact same starting position, which helps out Aston Martin the most. Yep. Because they were down in P11 and P12 from getting spun. They get moved back up to P3, P4, or P3, P5, whatever it was. Alonzo was quick to call that. Like As soon as it happened, he was like, oh, we got to go back to, just like in Silverstone last year. Yep. And they're like, oh, yeah, well, actually, that's a good idea. (laughs) We'll report that up. Yeah. And so they're sitting there. They call. So they're back out on the, you know, pit lane, waiting for another restart. The, The stewards say that they are the... Race start procedure is under review, which the stewards are reviewing themselves, I guess. Like, it's like we're gonna have to go see ourselves after this race, (laughs) give ourselves a penalty. Um, but that was and the race, like, I I don't, it's so entertaining when this happens, but it always scares me that the stewards are not want to do standing starts, they're gonna do rolling starts like NASCAR does. I'm like, that's lame. We want the carnage of a restart. (laughs) Um, So they're sitting in the pit lane. Signs gets the call that he gets a five-second penalty and that the race (laughs) is going to finish under a safety car as a rolling start. So there will be no gain. Everyone's going to be within five seconds of each other. And Carlos Signs will go from, what was he in, P4, P5? Out of the board. I believe, yeah. Like, and he... You know, it's no, the most unfair. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, it's the most unfair thing I've ever seen, dude. You straight up spun Alonzo. Like it yeah. was. You even heard Ferrari on the radio. They were like, "Ah," he was like, "He was like, please let me go talk to the stewards. Please tell them." To win. And they're like, "We'll talk about it later." Yeah. Like it's yeah, actually the, kind of. <laughs> you were wrong, homie. <laughs> dude, you, you you spun Alonzo. Like you caused a collision there. Um, so we get the safety car. You know, restart, it finishes, signs is out, and that's the race. That And there was also chaos after the race. There was yes. another red flag that they threw after the race finished because, well, in that, but also we had fans coming in on the track. Um, so now the Australian GP organizers are also under review because fans were coming through the track. They were on over by turn one, so they threw a red flag to prevent any cars from passing during the you know, coming back to the pits. And then you had Hulkenberg having the, the Urs issue with his car. So he had to basically jump out and not touch the car. But then you had fans potentially touching the car. Then there was reports um, of fans getting into the pits area. And like the Mercedes team had to go secure their garage, which is why Lewis afterwards is like, I haven't seen any of the team. And they're like, <laughs> there are other people were like, oh, the team doesn't care about Lewis. But then reports came out that the team was actually securing their gear <laughs> back at the garage. It was just chaos everywhere. <laughs> this entire damn race Aussies. Just There's just over. fans and kangaroos running amok through the pit lane. <laughs> <laughs> A junk on Fosters and Vegemite sandwiches. <laughs> this all this tells me is that you and I next year have to go to Australia. We have to go Australia. without a doubt. Wait. It, we just it's we're gonna pencil it in now. Probably start looking at flights now, but we've got to <laughs> yeah. go to Melbourne. Definitely got to get there, dude. Man. What a race! And then I thought this was interesting. You know how many combined world championships were on that podium? 
Yes, that was amazing. 11. What, 11, 11 world champions between the three of them. Three world champions, 11 world titles. I think they said the last time you had three champions on the podium was like 2016 or 17. Hulkenberg. Or I'm, oh, <laughs> sorry, not Hulkenberg. <laughs> Rosberg. Uh, was it Rosberg? Seb Rosberg, and Lewis. Lewis and Seb. Yeah. Or yeah, maybe maybe it was Kimmy Seb and I think it was Kimmy Lewis. Yeah, Kimmy, Kimmy Seb, Seb and Lewis. And Lewis. Um, Man, that was oh, it was. So, I'm still just like energized from this race, dude. I've got like my I've got this is all just from the race. Like <laughs> I've got so many notes here. All mine are just, things are happening so fast. My pages are just chaos, just like scribbled hieroglyphics all over the place. So to wrap it up, Max Verstappen wins. Lewis takes second, Fernando takes third, followed by Lance Stroll, Perez is in fifth, Lando Norris is in sixth, Nico Hulkenberg is in seventh, Oscar Piastri is in eighth, Zhou Yu is in ninth, Yuki Tsunoda in tenth, Botas, and then Carlos Sainz. Yes. It's- so, I do want to touch on this. We almost saw Hulkenberg get his first podium. Was, he was, was right there. If they wouldn't have restarted the race the way they did, he would have been in P4. And then Carlos Sainz would have got his penalty, and that would have put him on the podium. It was, yeah. Either way, it was a win-win. Absolute craziness. So the other thing that I find incredibly hilarious now is because of this race, Charles Leclerc and Nico Hulkenberg are tied on points. (laughs) I feel so bad for Charles. He's, Aston he's Martin the big has loser of the strongly season. secured P2. Mercedes is strongly in P3. And Ferrari has barely more than double the points of McLaren, who we've all called the worst car out there, <laughs> and had seven pit stops in their first race. Like <laughs> Williams, uh, who was looking great, is down in last place behind Alpha Tauri. Alpha Romeo has six points. Haas is in P7. Like Alpines in P6, they're kind of losing out big time because of a double DNF this race. Like, <laughs> dude. Yeah, man. Just I, anarchy. It was awesome. And now we got to wait an entire month for the next a one. A month. Okay, but real now, quick. Okay, go ahead. Predictions. Yes. Here we go. All right. First up, pole position. I, I called Max. Said, oh, I called. Charles, didn't I? Yeah, you did. I did. That didn't I work. Got a point. That didn't work out. You did get a point. Podium. I said Mer- Verstappen, Perez, Alonso. I got two points. I got Verstappen and Alonso. You did. You did. I said what, what? Verstappen, Leclerc, Alonso. <laughs> so I also got two points. Wild card. I called McLaren points. You asked if I wanted to call double points, and I was like, oh, yep. hell no. But I got it. <laughs> you did. And I, I called Sergio Perez was going to beat it. I just called. <laughs> I, I called it in the wrong session. It happened. It just happened too soon. <laughs> yeah. You got to. So well, I got. Did you say that? Did you call the session in your prediction? Uh, Yeah. I said because there was going to be a Red Bull DNF. And then I said Sergio Perez is going to beat it. And that that was going to be the DNF. Right. So I got, I got too specific. I got to be more broad next time. I'm trying to go for the bro. Hail Mary. Yeah. Four points. Well, 
Hey, we got better though. We got we scored points, so we're, <laughs> we were, we're at the doing bottom. better. We're we're, we're like we're, McLaren. <laughs> yeah, definitely better than Ferrari. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I will say is this weekend it wasn't Ferrari strategy that ruined their race. It was actually the drivers. Yeah, so. it, I mean Leclerc straight up turned in. Um, I think he even wrote it down. Yeah, he just turned into Lance, caught a tire, yep. and put it in the gravel. That was completely Leclerc's fault. It was nothing for the first time in his career. Lance was a part of a collision yep. <laughs> that he did not cause. And when it happened, I was like, "Oh, Lance, what are you doing?" And you're right; it wasn't his fault. He was just an innocent first bystander. time in his career. Maybe he's maybe, maybe this is a turning point. Maybe it is. I doubt Lance it. Stroll, world champion, 2024. Not a snowball <laughs> chance in hell. I will do a shoey <laughs> of uh, maple syrup if, <laughs> if that happens. <laughs> I would love to see that. Just choking it down. That'd be terrible. Um, like super troopers. Yes, that's what I was thinking about. Um, so Leclerc puts it in the gravel and then signs. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, I thought it was hilarious in the saddest of ways, of course. I say this with all due respect um anyway when they sent signs to the tv pit and he was like i don't want to talk he was like yeah. i'm too angry i'm too frustrated the only reason i am here is because i have to be or they give me another another penalty i do not want to talk i need to go talk to the stewards turned around and i like, walked away it's like bro you got a penalty you were in the wrong you were in the wrong big guy like did you see do you see pierre in the post race no Oh, Pierre is, is it pissed. He's hot. Yes, I think. And that's what I wrote down. I was like, the match has been lit for Alpine. Because I think that, you know, this... We always talked about how tumultuous this relationship is between Pierre and Ocon. And I think this is the beginning of the end for these guys. And Pierre didn't even get a penalty for that. He was clearly in the wrong. It what was, are you going to penalize him for? Five seconds off your DNF? <laughs> Well, because he came back on the track in an unsafe manner. I mean, granted, he did only take out his teammate, but it was still, you know. You know, give him a close. penalty point. Put that yeah. point up on that license. <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, Ocon afterwards was like, oh, Pierre came and apologized. We're all good. And you see Pierre's, and I don't think they're all good. No. No. You know, like, you know there's a little bit of turmoil in the Red Bull garage between Perez and Verstappen, but, like, that's also kind of out there in the open. Like, Alpine's is boiling hard yeah they're trying to keep it under wraps but it's gonna come out it doesn't help like i feel like when you when you have two personalities like that otmar is not the guy you want mediating oh you need a strong somebody strong to yeah to like a therapist it. wanting to talk about everyone's feelings you need like you need a, you need a gunther steiner, steiner or something to, <laughs> Dude, what a race, though. Like, so in summary, Mercedes is not slow. Nope. Mercedes not is slow. not slow. They are currently sitting in P3 ahead of Ferrari. Um, I think Ferrari is a lot slower than they expected. Um, I wonder if the bathtub model of car, like their style, is just simply not as good as the Canon style of the Red Bull, the Aston, and some of those, like, I don't know. They've got so much going on. Drivers are demoralized. Yeah. Strategy's terrible. The car's good, but not great. Like, yep. 
they're getting hit from all sides right now. Reliability still an issue. It's it's a lot for Ferrari fans. Tough time to be a Ferrari fan. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like being a Dallas Cowboys fan. <laughs> um. Yeah, man, I, I'm just still in awe. What a what yeah. a crazy race. Red Bulls secure it way out in front. Who's going to be P2? Aston versus Mercedes, which is just amazing because it's Lewis V. Alonso. Yes. Two champions fighting it out. And the old champions, too. <laughs> yeah, right. I didn't, I realized that. I was like, oh, Fernando, he's 41. And I was like, actually, Lewis is 38. They're only separated by a few years. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's going to be good. And now we have to wait for four weeks. Yep. Now we have to find a way to get our F1 fix for the next month. So I like your idea of doing kind of like a dynasty podcast on Aston Martin, like mm-hmm. the growth and everything of Aston. That'd be fun. Maybe we can do that next week. Um, I think so. It's all just, and then we'll go from there. Well, Hey, that was this crazy race weekend. Um, if you like what you heard, make sure you text a friend and say, Hey, have you listened to Formula America podcast? Go ahead and share it with them. And uh, make sure you leave us a, a review and a uh, rating on the whatever podcast platform you're listening on. And on that note, stay classy, America. See you next time.